welcome to the next edition of PJ Live, the podcast. We want to use this platform to connect you with interesting people, to bring insight on matters affecting members, discuss timely new topics, analyse trends and inspire our members. Through this podcast series, we'll be spending time with a wide variety of people, including members of staff, members of the association, and also members of the wider golf industry, discussing subjects that are relevant to you as members, as well as what's going on in the day-to-day of the golf industry. My name is Rich Barker, and I will be your host. My day job at the PGA is as Executive Director of Business Development. If you're expecting an experienced and polished podcast host, I can only apologise in advance. I am, however, excited to be on the journey with you, and will be doing my best to keep everybody in line. PJ Live, the podcast has evolved from the PJ Live webinar series that we launched earlier this year during lockdown. We already have lots of ways of communicating with you as members, including digital and print versions of the magazine, the weekly connect email and the members website to name just a few. Hello and welcome to another PJ Live, the podcast. Today, we're joined by our friends and principal partner, Titleist. Chris Beaumont, Titleist Golf Club Marketing Manager, and Ben Welsh, Titleist Golf Club Category Manager, join us to discuss club fitting. We'll cover some areas such as how lockdown has impacted the custom fitting approach and whether there's any newfound technologies or methods that may remain once restrictions have lifted. We'll also discuss how Titleist's approach to custom fitting not only men but also women and juniors has evolved. My name's Dave Adams, I'm Head of Commercial Partnerships. I'll be hosting today's podcast with Richard Barker, who's the Executive Director for Business Development at the PGA. Welcome all. I guess the I guess the, the best place to start, the most natural place to start, is the Masters. Um, so, Ben, Chris, just just to get your thoughts really on on the tournament as a whole, what your what your takeaways were, and, and in particular Jordan Spieth's performance, because I know you've been working a long, long time with him. Yeah. Hi, David. Um, yeah, love the Masters. Always do. And you say, yeah, it's a, it's probably the one major that I look forward to the most, which as a Brit probably doesn't go down too well all the time, but. Uh, from a young age, I remember, you know, always loving that tournament. So, yeah, aw- awesome tournament. Really, really good tournament for Titleist as well. And as you mentioned, Jordan a- almost uh, made the comeback and got a win there, which was which was good to see. And Will Zalatoris for us as well. I think it was the best debut performance at the Masters since '82, I think, something like that. So, so awesome for him. But yeah, we've been working obviously long time with Jordan, um, and yeah, he's. Yeah, obviously well documented his troubles over the last few years but it does look like he's back now and it, it's it's great to see him back there and I think golf's a better place for it so absolutely yeah Chris what do you think yeah exactly I think it's been it's been great to see um you know not only see Spieth return but I think like um Ben was saying about Will Zalatoris you know just a, a young guy that probably two months to be honest probably two weeks ago hardly anybody knew about but um, we even had to ask some questions ourselves of just, you know, let, let's find a little bit more about the guy. But he, what a tournament he had. And, you know, at one stage, I honestly thought he was, he was going to be able to turn it, uh, turn over uh, Hideki and, and get there. But, um, yeah, it was really cool to see. And I just think it was great for golf to, to see what a great tournament it was in the end and how it still ended up being, you know, so close. So, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, very good. There'll be plenty of uh, golfers out there that are hoping that they can shoot such a, an impressive round um, and take everyone by surprise. I'm not sure if that'll be the case for me, but looking forward to getting back out there. So I guess our first question for you guys is, you know, 
There'll be a lot of PJ members uh, listening today. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about Titleist, you know, what can Titleist offer a PJ member to give their customers the best level of fitting? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, David, I think it's yeah, product range and what we've got there. You know, the product we've, we've got in the lineup now really allows a PGA Pro to find a you know, performing product for whoever it is they're looking to fit and whoever it is that turns up to, to that lesson tee to get fitted. Um, you know, beyond that, then the specs that they're able to dial in, whether it's you know using sure fit hosel in the drivers for the you know the amount of um, specs and different lofts, different combinations they can get to there, right through to to our, our wedge setup. You know, vocal design wedges. We've got we've got more more bounce and grind options um, than, than any of our competitors out there to to really help the PGA Pro dial in that performance for that player and make sure that we're going to get their their optimal short game performance when they look at that product. So, so I think product range is certainly you know, the starting point for how how we can we can definitely help PGA Pros. To, to help their customers find their, their, their optimal performance. And, and Ben, isn't it, it's, it, I think that the ultimate thing for us with, with fitting being so imperative, I think that's why, if anything, you know, the amount and just the whole plethora of specs we have available, we, we need to have something for every golfer. And I think to allow the PGA Pro the ability to give that above and beyond service so that his members or her members can have absolutely the best performing product for them and just enjoy the game more i think is ultimately what we're we're trying to get so i think that's that's where you know having all of the different products available and and not necessarily having them designed specifically for one set type of golfer um, is so important for us guys can you give us a little bit more information around the sure fit process what does that actually mean for the uneducated Put it in layman's terms. What does that actually mean? The short, short fit hosel, short fit fitting systems. Give us a, give us the the detail. <laughs> I think it, you know if you if you break it down to driver and looked at how we'd go around that fit. You know the first thing you'd be looking is is head model. You know we we've now got four in the range, whether it be TSI one, two, three, four, dial in head model. You've then got the the option to dial in loft. Um, and yes, you've got obviously the static loft that's on the bottom of the golf club. But beyond that, you can use the Surefit Hosel, which which allows you to change the loft and lie of that product and really, really t um, tweak it and dial it in. We would, you know, after looking at head and, and loft, we would look at shaft to make sure we can get the shaft right. And again, Surefit allows for that interchangeable head and shaft combination. So you can really start dialing those in. Um, and also we have, you know, Surefit weight within the head, whether that be the track system that we've got in a TSI 3 um or, or the weights that we have in the other three heads you know they're all interchangeable as well so so there's a lot of different combinations <laughs> well hundreds of thousands if not millions i think if you actually went through it all um but yeah the sure fit for us is that that interchangeability between the heads and and shafts and weights um that you've got in there and and, and ultimately i think where it came from is we, we almost call the sure fit hosel we we labeled it when we first brought it out as kind of a tour van in a in a hosel because what you used to find was all of our tour players you know when before they were adjustable drivers that they would you know they would stick the the head in a vice like we would with irons now to adjust the loft and lie or uh, you know change it how you want but that really wasn't available to the end consumer because it just was too hard a process to go through similarly with changing the weight and where the cg positioning was so you know over years and as technology has advanced and as our r d team has grown significantly 
to try and um, help get the consumer more of that right spec, we've been able to introduce more of these things that then can allow us to, to give that end consumer exactly the same product and process that the, the best players in the world have, just to make sure that that club, whatever it is, is dialed in to you and nobody else. It's a really cool process. The opportunity to have the ability to have a mini change of spec on any given day, as well as an amazing um, ability for me, it'll and be very scary. Yeah, I think the next part is once once you've then okay, you've got the product range and you've got the ability to really change the specs. It's it's how do we then make sure that you know everybody has the appropriate amount of tools to be able to you know fit their customer base um and you know we've got three different levels uh, of our tools that that people can can access which really allows them to make sure whatever service it is they're looking to offer you know titles can be appropriate within that and, and make sure that you know we can go to the detail that they want to to look after that customer as well Very good. Gents, obviously, um, we are coming out of lockdown. Um, golf in England's been back open a week. Ireland, a couple more weeks to go. Scotland's been open sort of throughout in different forms. Um, how have Titleist, how have your teams used the lockdown um, time to educate and support our PJ members in educating them on custom fitting? What support and services have you been providing? Perfect. Do you want to take it, Chris? Uh, I think um, I think one of the most exciting things that um, lockdown has brought about for us and, and kind of in a strange way, like everyone else, is the implementation of more of the video conferencing tools, whether it's Teams or um, Skype or whatever it happens to be. And, and, and I think, you know, we were all probably a bit reluctant when it started and what were all these video conferences. But, man, I tell you, the amount that people have embraced that and the ability that we've been able to put on different training sessions to just really be able to spend more time with, with pros and, and with golfers alike to just go through all of these education elements. And, you know, we've, we've seen this year alone from start of this lockdown through to probably the end of last month, is over 900 guys and girls that are you know women and and men in terms of professionals that were able to be fitted and will be fitting to to go through the process so you know we would never have been able to do that if we had to do it in you know in person or at their venues we just wouldn't be able to access that but not only that with them being able to be recorded you know however many of them have now gone around the world i mean we had a an email the other day from a pga member in china being honest that had said he was able to watch that and he thought it was a a great uh, uh training session that, that that he was able to watch so just shows how how much um, that has allowed more of the ability to, to go through that process and, and give more detailed information, whether it's high level or you know less uh, you know more beginner stuff, dependent on the audience. So it's been great, really positive from that side. We've we've been fortunate as well, which with you know with the European tour slowing down a little bit, uh, you know, and our and our guys that would usually be out out there week in week out working with the players. You know they've been home a little bit more, so they've been able to lend lend support as well. And so we've had, you know, the, the likes of Liam McDougall, Will Harvey, and Henry Byrne, our, our our experts in these categories, be able to get on calls with PGA members as well, which is I think made it more engaging for for the members to be part of those those chats as well and hear, you know, not just what goes on day in day, but but the top level what they're doing with the best players in the world is, is certainly been something that I think everybody's found useful. 
I mean, and and some, oh, sorry, go ahead, David. Yeah, I guess with, the, with, with you know, the average golfer out there, you know, the PJ members, customers, having this natural pause from not playing golf, I guess it's been quite nice for people to stop, reevaluate what do they want to achieve from their game of golf and um, has given them time to think about custom fitting more probably than they've ever, they've ever done in the past because you know what it's like when you get a bit of time and you just want to play around a golf rather than dedicating that time to thinking about custom fitting. So that's probably a nice like corked bottle of pent up um, uh, energy that they want to get custom fitting now. Oh, absolutely. And I think if, if, if as an example, if the day we launched our fitting event schedule and you know what we have left for to be honest, even just the first four to six weeks, you know, we were filled up pretty much right away. And, you know, at the minute now, if you want to get a fitting at one of our national fitting centers, I think we're probably into June possibly because there's just so much demand. And, you know, to that point, we, we've been looking at so many more of the events that we're able to put on. And as Ben talked about early, you know, it's what's so important for us to allow that golfer to, to get fitted and find that right spec and to be honest just just help elevate that service that the pj member who kind of is our our main go-to of who delivers that service and, and the opportunities they've got because as ben said we've got the three different levels but we also know and and the reason we've got three different levels is there are certain pros that might find it that they're too busy necessarily to to be doing a lot of custom fitting and they focus more on lessons well you still have those members that you want to be able to get the right product into so that's fine so we want to be able to offer certain um, events that that pro can still send his members to that we can conduct those fits and we can do different things so that we've always got a great way for that end golfer to be able to to find the right spec and then come back to the PGA Pro and and, and, and order the product. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to conduct something around the region of 1,700 events ourselves this year in the UK and Ireland, which, you know, all things being said, and if the weather doesn't change and we have to cancel some events and things, or if there's another lockdown, hopefully, you know, that's close to close to 10,000 consumers, I think we'll see at those events on top of everything, which, you know, is it's just a, it's a big task, don't get me wrong, but it's so important for us to just make sure that we were able to, to reach those golfers and work with the PJ pros to, to have that happen. Chris, we talked a little bit about um, technology and, and using lockdown to embrace technology. I know the Titleist have a, a sort of a, a portfolio of self-diagnostic tools. How, how have you used those tools to help sort of stimulate that consumer demand, um, promote custom fitting over the last three or four months? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good question. And again, one of the things that we've always wanted to do, and I think when you see the implementation of a lot of the information that's out there now, there there is so much information that that consumer can go online and find about any kind of golf product, and whether it's a reviewer telling them what they think is 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 good about the product, or a, a media partner giving them the that product detail. And as we all know, you, you generally find that somebody will make an assumption of oh, I've read this this is probably where I want to get to and with lockdown one of the things that you also find is that a lot of people were quite keen to buy something and be ready to go as soon as lockdown comes out so um, having our what we call um, like um, selection tools so we have one available for drivers for irons 
for wedges and, and even golf balls to just make sure that no matter what they can go through the that kind of step-by-step -step process that asks a certain number of questions to just help get that golfer a little bit closer to the right spec that now that golf's open they can they can go back into that pj pro and say hey i've been on and i've looked at the, the specs here's the information that i plugged into the system and this is what it came out with and it just allows that process to be a little bit smoother hopefully and, and gives that pro a little bit more info i guess having all of that information to hand as well um gives really clear i don't know visibility to the consumer how much is involved in choosing the right product and that actually it's really important that you go and speak to an expert. And I guess, Ben, that's a great message to PJ members is that by giving that information, we are point, you know, you are pointing them in, in their direction. It, exactly that. Yeah, you know, those selector tools are you know, are great to, to almost start the journey for a consumer to start looking at, you know, what's going to be better than what might suit them, um, what area should they be looking at? And then, yeah, it's almost the teaser to get to get the golfer interested in the product and you know looking a little bit more about what might suit them and from there we would always want them to go and get get fit you know preferably outside where possible sea ball flight and um yeah that that would be the journey we would want them to go on um, very good uh well Titleist, we know that it's kind of built up an enviable better player brand if you want to call it that um so chris i'm looking at you as the marketeer you know can you give us some reasons <laughs> As to, as to how that might be and how Titus has achieved this status over many years? Um, it's a good question. And I think, I think inevitably, because of the way that, you know, back in the day even where, you know, a lot of our, our golf clubs, golf balls were used by more of the best players in the world, it inevitably led to more people feeling that we were biased towards the, the better player. And, and I think, you know, whilst... Our, our answer is we would always look after what we call the dedicated golfer and, and the true nature of what a dedicated golfer is is somebody that will invest time in the game, you know, spends a lot of time playing it, um, spending money on their equipment. And inevitably that generally leads to that player probably being a little bit more of a better player. But I think when you now look at the the different options we've, we've got available, we, we truly believe we have a club ball for any golfer starter or all the way up to tour player and and you know, if anything over the last few years as we've seen our equipment counts and our our product get even more popular on on tour that hasn't necessarily helped change that model but i think what it has done is brought about a um a real understanding from the golfer that product performance is ultimately the thing for us and we now feel that we've got that performance um, element for, for every golfer. And, and that's why, again, just getting a golfer in and being fit for um, the product will only just show that we do have a club that will suit anybody. Um, so yeah, it, it is absolutely a bit of our own probably doing in terms of how that's played out. But um, I think that's the key for us that we would always just say is we just need that chance. We, we need to be in the, in the fitting story when we're in the net and, and the product line that we've got currently, we would fancy our chances up against any, any other brand. I guess, I guess as well, it's the, it's the non-contracted tour players, the success that you have there, that they're choosing to put Titleist in their bag, you know, if they're out of contract, that, that speaks volumes as well, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's that been a unbelievable success story for us, really since the launch of TSI in terms of, you know, all of the, the players who aren't under equipment contracts and who are choosing to just say, Do you know what, I can go out, I can try anything I want. And, you know, more often than not at the minute, the clear majority of those are are playing a TSI driver. I think I think it was the AT&T event. We had 48 Titleist drivers in play. I think 30% of those were non-contracted players. So just just that in itself has has been such a, a big big um, win for us. And, and I think that's where it's shown that performance side. So now when you move that down into the average consumer, there is no reason why that shouldn't continue as bidding opens up now and as we're truly able to put ourselves up against a lot of the other launches and other products that have have, have just recently launched, which are kind of you know just coming out so we're really really excited about getting more of those fits um happening which has been great yeah that's great and um you know a bit of background you know as to me i had a late uh, growth spurt so when i was younger i was relatively average size then i then i became a giant in my adult a- age and then i'm fully expecting as i get an older golfer i'm going to shrink like most people <laughs> so from a, from a pj member's perspective should they be looking at a customer to think right you're a junior now you need a you need a fitting but as you get into an adult you're gonna need another fitting are we talking about a three-stage one and then when you the inevitable shrink happens and you get older should you have another fitting is, is that is that the general playbook uh, yeah, I mean, you're potentially looking at ages somewhere kind of, you know, 15, 25 and 65 there, maybe, David. I'd, I'd probably suggest that they, they they need a fitting probably in between that on a couple of occasions as well. I think, you know, with regards to fitting, I don't think there's a time scale on it. I think whenever you're looking to upgrade product, you should be going to get fit for that product. And, and that's the way that we'd see it. I think it's just important to understand, you know, the player that you have in front of you and what products are going to potentially perform better for them, whether that's, you know, they might need, you know, a lower spin, heavier shaft option, or they may need, you know, lighter weight options like a T400 or a TSI-1. And that could be any golfer that needs either of those scenarios. Um, So I don't think it's it's, it's certainly not defined by time, but I think whenever somebody's getting fit uh, or getting new product, they absolutely need to go through the fitting process. And, um, I say I think one of the just one of the points Chris was talking about earlier as well is product range and and you know this dedicated golfer scenario and I think you know we we've always tried to make product for dedicated golfer and I think if anything in, in recent years whilst that strategy is is absolutely remained completely where it is we've almost added to the product line in in areas where we're going to cater for golfers that maybe Aren't, aren't quite as uh, you know good performers as some of those bad mm-hmm. players with, with the T400 range and with TSI1. You know those products aren't probably going to be aimed at, at players shooting in the 70s, probably more shooting in the 80s and 90s. But again, it, it's for the dedicated golfer. So product there for for everyone. But but interestingly, Ben, isn't it? And I think this is why it's it's so cool with the range we've got and why you cannot pigeonhole any golfer into that is world number four. Um, female golfer Nelly Corda just recently won playing the TSI one driver, you know, so to, to exactly Ben's point where you almost have a vision in your head of who should fit into certain products. It's absolutely just needing every golfer to go and try them and be fitted because yeah. there is just something that could be different for everybody. And, and I think that's why 
you know, you can absolutely have your rough guide as to where they should fit. But until you've tried them, until you've truly seen what you're looking to get out of the performance of those products, just just don't know what, what will end up being best for you. It, it was a real interesting one, that, Chris, wasn't it? Because, you know, Nelly Corner went to uh, TPI over at Oceanside, our thing facility, and Jessie went along on the same day as her sister Jessica and Danielle Kang. Um, all, all three of them went in and got fitted for driver on the same day. And, you know, you could be forgiven for looking at an LPGA Tour player and assuming that, you know, a TSI 2 might be the better performing product if you wanted to look at it that way. And on that day, all three of them were fit for different drivers, TSI 1, 3 and 4. Nobody was fit for TSI 2. So I think it starts to show you that actually if you look at performance, it's irrelevant, you know, what your preconceived ideas might be of those players. Uh, you've really got to look at, at, at yeah, at what the numbers tell you and what the performance tells you. And I guess one of your points you made there as well about fitting what's in front of you is really key because actually the customer might have a preference as well and they might choose to go against what the data says because actually it just looks better or I prefer that or, you know, I mean, the thought of looking down to a bladed iron for me now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> But that's a, such such a big point, um, Richard. Is is that you know whatever the numbers may show you, and I think sometimes that's where guys get a bit too obsessed with the numbers. Whereas you know it, it is it could just be sometimes where a golfer will say to you, "I'm just not comfortable with the look of that." It might be that it's the other way that it's just too big. I just feel like this is going to go left every time because of X Y Z, or you know, and I, I just don't like it, or I don't feel like I can get the club down to the ball, or to your point, it's too bladed, or you know, lots and lots of different reasons. We see that a heck of a lot on the putter side as well, where shape is so important. Um, and you know, you can go through all the numbers and say this is the ideal type of roll and, and, and putter that you'd want to see, but you've got that three footer on the line, you know, to make in win your club champs or to beat the three partners you're playing with and you're looking at the thing that's not giving you any confidence. Don't matter how good we tell you it is, you're probably pushing that and you're buying the beer. <laughs> Such a big part of it. It's so psychological, isn't it? You can't, yeah. can't fit for psychology, but um no, I think I think how how a club looks is always the first thing when you put it down in front of the ball. And uh, no, it's interesting. I guess the question I've got about um, for you guys is how tight is the approach custom fitting not only for men but also you know for women and junior golfers? Uh, if you could tell us a bit of the, the the intricacies between them, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing for us is that it does not make any difference to us whether you're a junior, senior, woman, uh, woman, man. You know, the golf ball doesn't know what's hitting it. So in terms of how we go about that is it's the same process that we would want to um, go through to make sure that we're just giving that golfer ultimately the exact right product that will suit their game and that's why you know sometimes we've been um almost uh, you know had a negative thing about us where we don't have a lady specific range or we might not have a junior specific range or a seniors range well we'd argue we don't have a men's range either you know we just have golf clubs for golfers and whether you are any form of um, age, sex, or ability, we have something that will suit you. And we'd rather you tell us which is the right product for you at the end of the fitting, rather than our, us kind of saying, here's this range that we've done some research on and we think that you fit into this bracket. It's just not the way that we 
we feel it's right to to get that golfer into the right product and it's uh, you know so so for us we've just got golf clubs and golf balls and the golfer will decide for in the end which one's best for them depending on many many different things so and then make sure from a from a fitting capability on top of that chris that we're you know we're able to to fit golfers for you know shafts that are four inches under our standard length so we have that capability of you know and we can go heavier and lighter in heads whether that be the fact that you know, tsi1 is a lighter head in general we can also change the weights in in all of our heads to make them heavier or lighter and dial that in for players as well so so it, it, there's a lot that goes with it as well as you know just being able to fit for those completely uh, absolutely ben and i think that's even it shows how much we we change and we listen to feedback from consumers and from pros and and, and fitters alike because when we first launched ts1 which is our lightweight driver you know we we were confident that we could get the fairway and the hybrid in TS2 to, to a very similar spec that would allow that golfer to still use product that would be best for them. But it was clear that that golfer shouted to us and said, I really want a family that I can, you know, almost be able to look at and, and say, if I'm in TSI one driver, I'd love to be able to try at least TSI one fairway and hybrid. So that's again, now with the launch of the new TSI range, we, we finished that family off. And so we have a TSI one, two and three family, the whole way through the bag um, again interestingly if you if you take those it doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be one driver fairway hybrid and if you look on tour you know i think we're clearly a tsi3 bias i'm in the driver on the fairway we're tsi2 more often than not these guys want a little bit more forgiveness and then in the in the hybrid we move back to tsi3 as, as the more popular option so it's quite an interesting dynamic of of how guys change and find the right clubs and products for them based on what they're looking for. That's really good. And uh, any any hints or tips in terms of PJ members, what they can look out for this year from Titleist or any interesting clubs development? What can you tell us? I think if, um, you know, I think most of the members know our, our product strategy in terms of you know, our two-year life cycles and we we have no plans to really move away from that this this, this stage. So. Yeah, typically late summer, you, you normally see something from us. So, Good, interesting. Well, thanks very much, guys. Rich, I'm not sure if you've got anything else, but I think it's been fascinating discussion on, on fitting there. No, no, all good for me. All good for me. I'm, yeah, don't go changing that product cycle, Ben. I've only just got my, uh, my new Titus Irons, so I don't want to walk out for another set anytime soon. So. <laughs> the only thing we can guarantee you is we won't bring anything else out until it's better than the last one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Right line. We'll write that one down. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, Chris, Ben, thanks very much for joining us today and, and, and good luck in the, the, the remainder of 2021. It should be a, a nice boom for everyone, particularly for Tyler Stokely. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, everybody. Good luck for the season. Bye then. Thanks for listening to today's PJ Live, the podcast. The regularity of these podcasts are yet to be fully confirmed, but we'll be sure to let you know when the next one is available. We would welcome your company. Please let me know your feedback on today's podcast. Also, let me know if there are any topics you would like us to cover in the future. Perhaps you would even like to be a guest on a future episode. Please send your feedback and questions into pga live at pga.org.uk.